Hey everyone, welcome to the More to Movement podcast, the show about why your movement matters and how to get optimal results through science-backed practical solutions. If you want improved results from your efforts and you want to manage those aches and pains you've been dealing with, you know what to do. Move better and correct the issues. But how do you know what to fix? That's what we're going to start tapping into today. Today, I'm starting a series and I'm going to talk about the first of my top three go-to movement assessments to pinpoint areas of improvement. These can be done anywhere and can quickly be performed and evaluated so you can start fixing those movement issues. Let's get to work. Welcome to the More to Movement podcast, where we break down the science behind movement and provide you with tangible takeaways so you can take charge of your health and fitness and achieve lasting results. If you're ready to optimize your efforts, move with purpose, and invest in your health and performance with confidence and vigor, you've come to the right place. Here's your host, Pete Rowletter. What's up, movers? Welcome back to the show. Okay, so you are ready to start moving better. You have a goal, and you're ready to go after it. Awesome. So the first step is to jump into a kick butt training program, hit the weights hard, push yourself beyond measure, get those goals attained, right? Well, not exactly. And in all honesty, I love the enthusiasm. I really do. And I would never negate someone's effort to improve. The scenario I just mentioned is the common approach to exercise and fitness because, well, it's the apparent path to improvement. And I'm not challenging that. Working hard is important. I'm not saying don't get after it. Not at all. What I am saying is let's get after it efficiently. I suggest taking just a little time to make sure that the movement patterns you're loading are setting you up for success and not complications, imbalances, and even possible injury in the future. You've heard me talk about imbalance in the body and how it leads to muscular compensation that comes with a whole host of issues. These compensations cause enough problems when we're just moving our body around, but it takes it to a whole nother level when we start to reinforce that compensation with a loaded pattern. What do I mean by loaded pattern? I mean your typical resistance training exercise where you're lifting weights. We start to load the pattern we're moving in and we're just going to reinforce that compensation if we don't take care of it. I can simply state this by saying, if we start loading suboptimal patterns, we will get suboptimal results. Does that mean we can't train hard until we fix all our movement flaws and imbalances? Of course not. The beauty of this is that we can integrate corrective modalities into our programs to improve the movement issues if we're mindful of our imbalances and we know how and when to implement training and corrective strategies. Movement correction is fluid. There's always something that we can improve, but if you know what you're looking for and how to address it, you can implement the most appropriate strategies at any given moment. Now, some of you may need more time to focus on correcting movement issues than others, and that's based on the degree of imbalance and compensation that exists. I've trained intensely since I was 12 years old and have been doing this a really long time, but there are times even I have to pull the reins and address issues. For example, when I sustain an injury, I know that if I continue to train the same way without making adjustments, my body will overcompensate and start developing inefficient movement patterns that will ultimately affect my improvement. And let me tell you a story to kind of paint a picture for you. 
It was six years ago and I was working with a client at my training studio. And if you don't know me, I'm a demonstrator. It's how I teach. And I think there's a lot of value in providing a visual of what I'm presenting. And some of my students may be shaking their heads right now if you're listening because I am all over the classroom. And I wish you right now out there could see me behind the mic because I'm typically moving and demonstrating what I'm talking about with all of you as I'm talking about it. And that's just how animated I am. That's just how I teach. I was working with a young athlete and we were working on the plant phase of a cutting maneuver. So a change of direction maneuver. Well, in my typical Pete style, I jumped up and demonstrated the movement to help him visualize it. That wasn't the problem. I demonstrated it fine. The problem was I didn't mind my surrounding afterward. I began talking to him, explaining what I just demonstrated, and I was walking backwards and didn't see a bench behind me. Now, I'm pretty agile, and I can quickly react to these kinds of things, but not this time. I tripped on the bench, my feet flew up in the air, and I fell backward directly on my sacrum, or my lower back. Of course, in front of my client, I had to play it off cool, right? That, oh, I'm fine, you know, it's all good, just a little mistake. But honestly, I was in a lot of pain. And naturally, after a fall like that, I was in a lot of pain for several days. And luckily, nothing fractured. However, I did have some soft tissue damage. Okay, so at this point, you know me, and so I bet you're thinking that Pete started working on improving his mobility once I recovered and I fixed the movement issues, right? Wrong. Nope. I knew better. I teach this stuff daily. But once the pain went away, I stopped. You know, I was just too busy. I was too busy with clients and there was so much going on and I'm young and I can bounce back and blah, blah, blah. Just, just honestly excuses. I made a lot of excuses. The thing is, it never really went away. I noticed that my back wasn't entirely functioning correctly, but at the time it was just easier to dismiss it. I continued to train both myself and my clients just reinforcing obvious compensations. My movements and mobility were just enough to be functional, but hey, I still saw gains, so no big deal, right? Fast forward two years. I'd been lifting, training, and feeling pretty good when out of nowhere, wham, my back started giving me major grief again. Every time I squat, every time I deadlift, or any hinge pattern that I did progressively worsened and I had to adjust my training completely and I knew right away what it was. I failed to address the issues I knew were looming. I put it off because it was inconvenient and now I was paying the price and still am to this day. Sometimes we need hard lessons to help us grow and I sure did. Upon assessing my own movement, it was abundantly clear that I had been favoring one side of my body and that my pelvis was twisted. Now, a little update, it has gotten significantly better since I've been working on it, but I still have to work on it to this day. And to think that this all could have been avoided if I would have just taken my own advice and been mindful of my movement. The thing is, it doesn't have to take an injury to cause these kinds of problems. They can be caused by sitting too much, by sedentary lifestyles, or just repeated daily movements. What can we do about it? Since we all inevitably will have movement flaws, do we just need to throw in the towel and give up? 
Heck no. We just need to make ourselves aware of significant imbalances and improve those areas as we train and develop. And we can do that by continually performing assessments of our movements. I call initial assessments blueprints because they provide a foundational strengths and weaknesses overview that you can use to improve. Movement assessments can help predict likely muscle problems and imbalances and allow us to be more specific with our corrective strategies. As you continue to train, it's a good idea to evaluate your movement quality consistently. In a sense, honestly, you you should be assessing yourself every time you train. If you've listened to me long enough, you know that I harp on purpose behind everything. Our time in the gym is no exception. You have to frame your mind that we're getting vital information about our movement quality every time we train. Now, I'm not talking about exhaustive scrutiny that causes paralysis by analysis where you become like so overwhelmed and pulled in so many directions that you feel like you're too broken and too dysfunctional to train. I am suggesting that you are present in your training and be proactive about what you observe and what you experience. Keep in mind that a movement assessment is only one aspect of a comprehensive assessment. In all honesty, some subtle yet monumental topics really should be integrated first. Uh, Some examples would be like proper breathing or bracing techniques or aligning your posture. And I'll get to those, uh, but I like jumping into the movement assessment because it gives you a raw, unbiased look at your movement. It's an honest evaluation of your movement status, and from there, anything you learn and implement can be compared to the start. The more you know about yourself, the better you can improve. There are so many possible assessments that you can do, and if you're interested in that, I would advise that you seek out a qualified professional to help you with those if you're willing and able. I will discuss some of those in future episodes, but for now, the next three episodes will focus on quick, do-anywhere assessments that will provide you significant insight into your movement. There are many renditions of these assessments, but these are the ones that I've used and modified just a bit to provide quick feedback on movement quality. These are my go-to exercises, and all you need is you, a wall, and a door frame. If someone can watch and provide some feedback, even better, but you can still do all these on your own. These assessments are best performed barefoot and with clothes that allow you to move freely. Further, these are active assessments, meaning that you're initiating movement through them. Though passive assessments can be beneficial, I prefer assessments that are complex kinetic chain based. I prefer these because they're more functional and can provide you feedback on the system's response, not just the local structures. I'm going to discuss each of these assessments, what to look for with each movement, and discuss some ways to improve. Now, I have graphics on the show notes page for each of these episodes that help describe what I'm talking about. So today's assessment is at moretomovement.com forward slash episode 11. Again, that's moretomovement.com forward slash episode 11. For you movers out there that are really diving into this, I've provided a correction cheat sheet with common muscles that need addressing based on what discrepancy you notice. This can be found in my vault at moremovement.com. If this is something you want, all you got to do is sign up on the website and you gain access to the vault. Uh, The vault has expert tips, resources uh, for those of you that want to enhance your movement journey. So it's all free. uh, So don't hesitate. Jump on in with us. 
The first assessment I'm going to talk about is the door frame overhead squat. The overhead squat assessment is my absolute favorite assessment because in one movement, it provides feedback for every major joint. It's a closed chain exercise and requires ankle dorsiflexion, meaning that you can pull the toes up towards your shins without difficulty. It requires flexion of the knees and hips, extension of the thoracic spine, and mobility through the shoulder and scapula thoracic joint. And since it's a bilateral movement, it also requires balance of muscle contribution for optimal force transfer. You can't get a better movement assessment. Some words of advice before you begin any of these assessments though. First, listen to your body. If any of these cause pain, and I don't mean mild discomfort, but pain, stop. Don't proceed until you speak with a physician because injury may be present. It's your body telling you something. Secondly, please don't cheat yourself. Be strict with these assessments so you can identify areas to improve. I cannot tell you how many clients and how many students I've worked with that adjust or fake their movements so they can say that they don't have any flaws, that they have a perfect movement. If that's your mindset, then these assessments and heck, this podcast isn't for you. Be conscious of your movement. Stay strict. And be honest with yourself. Remember, you're doing these for a reason. So get something out of your efforts to gain the efficiency you're working to achieve. Do it right. All right, let's do it. Let's jump into it. First, find a normal size door frame. So not like a closet door that might be a bit too narrow, but just a normal door frame. And turn sideways so that you face the door frame. Stand in the middle of the door frame so that you have equal distance to the door frame in front of you and behind you. Look straight ahead. The door frame should be even with your nose. Now take a stance with approximately shoulder width, ideally with your toes pointed straight forward. Question I usually get is, can I go wider with my stance or can I pull, point my toes out? In other words, externally rotate your hips. Now, there's some research discussing an acceptable range of external rotation of the hips or toe flare out, as it's also called during the squat. But I'll chat about that later. Uh, for now, and then for the assessment, aim for shoulder width stance, toes forward. Now, put your arms up overhead, locking your elbows in a letter Y position. Your arms should be at least even with your ears, if not slightly behind them. If you look to the side with your eyes, your arms should be the only thing to see. Even better if your arms are behind your ears. When you're ready, slowly drop down into the deepest squat that you can. Try to reach a minimum of thighs parallel to the floor and hold that for three seconds before coming back up, before ascending. The goal of this movement is to keep your arms in place by your ears the entire time, to maintain a neutral spine, to keep your heels on the ground, and then finally, don't touch the door frame in front of you or behind you. Now remember, I have a graphic on the show notes page 
that lists all this, lists how to do it, and gives you that visual. So again, if listening to it isn't enough, go check out the show notes page, moretomovement.com forward slash episode 11 to get that graphic so that you can really see what I'm talking about here. After you feel comfortable with the movement, perform it again as naturally as possible and see what you notice. Don't try to correct yourself. Just move naturally. Don't think about it. Just move naturally. Okay, what are we looking for now? Here's a checklist for you. Do your heels come up off the ground? Or do you feel your feet rotating or shifting? If you quickly glance down, are your knees aligned over your toes, over your feet? Or do you feel your knees coming together as if they're going to touch? Does your head or your glutes touch the door frame in front of you or behind you because you feel yourself bending over at the trunk? Do you notice your arms dropping down past the door frame in front of you? As you drop down into the squat, does the door frame stay lined up with your nose the entire time? Or do you notice yourself shifting to one side? All of these are compensations, and if you're performing the assessment strictly as intended, you may see or feel something jump out. Remember, assessments are designed to make discrepancies jump out. So if you feel tightness somewhere or it's challenging to move into a position, note it, write it down. Typically, movement discrepancies occur because some muscles are overactive or hypertonic or or tight, and some are underactive, meaning they're not engaged enough or not doing their job enough. So it's good to start by releasing and stretching overactive tissue. So here's a couple pointers for you. If your heels come up, it's usually indicative of overactive calf muscles. If your knees come together, overactive calf and inner thigh muscles or the adductors are usually to blame. If you're bending over, typically it's overactive hip flexors. If your arms drop down, overactive latissimus dorsi can be a contributor. If you're leaning to one side, which is called an asymmetrical shift, it's typically two-sided. It's a little more complex. The inner thigh muscles, those adductors, of the same side you are shifting and the gluteus medius of the opposite side of the shift are usually causing some of the problems. There are many more aspects of the squat assessment that you can dissect, but for most of you, this will actually bring out the major issues influencing your movement. Try it out and let me know how it goes. I'd love to see what you found. Try this. If you want a challenge and you want some accountability, take a picture of your squat assessment and post it to Instagram. Tag me in the post at pete.rolletter, P-E-T-E dot R-O-H-L-E-D-E-R, so I can comment on it. I'd love to give you some feedback. Yeah, it means being real and putting yourself out there a bit, but isn't that what the movement mindset is all about? Give it a shot. Take it as a challenge. I look forward to seeing how you all move. Next time, I'll discuss the second assessment, the half-kneeling wall ankle mobility assessment, and I hope you join me. Thanks, everyone. Stay healthy, stay safe, and be well. And remember, wherever you are, keep moving. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of More to Movement with your host, Pete Rowletter. If you enjoyed the show, please visit moretomovement.com where you can find this episode's show notes along with more episodes and articles to empower you on your journey.